Hello, everybody. This is Rich Sports Talk broadcasting on SoundCloud. Tune in, Spreaker, and available for download on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us here today. You can reach out to the show once again, richsportstalk at gmail.com, and of course, at Rich Sports Talk on Twitter. And I've been getting a lot of questions, and you guys have been getting back to me through the email and through Twitter, basically telling me about your thoughts on the Super Bowl. And one thing that I've noticed through the responses I've been getting through social media in general and the general media has been something very interesting. It's very funny because very few people have been criticizing the Rams. Maybe it's because Sean McVay came out and just said, look, I was outcoached. And maybe we were just like, yep, you were. Okay, let's move on. But there's one thing that's been bothering me about this past Super Bowl, and no one's really discussing it. So I thought I would give it a bash. I remember last year, the big headline after the Super Bowl was that Bill Belichick benched Malcolm Butler. And everyone was crushing him, saying he was out of touch. How could you bench one of your better players in the Super Bowl? Even though in the previous two playoff games, both Blake Burles and Marcus Mariota had over 100% quarterback ranking targeting Butler, and Butler was late to a meeting. So, of course, Belichick disciplined him. One thing that I've really had a lot of trouble with is I really do like Sean McVay, and I'm going to preface this because people are going to misinterpret this the wrong way. I think Sean McVay is a great young coach. I think he has an incredibly bright future in this league. And when it's all said and done, he could be one of the best coaches we might have had in this sport. But we have to stop anointing him as the next great coach before he's done anything. He's won two playoff games with an asterisk. And I don't think we're criticizing him enough, especially about one major thing. Todd Gurley. Now, Todd Gurley... Disappeared in the NFC Championship game and also in the Super Bowl. And like a lot of people, I just assumed he was injured. Because he got dinged up in that Dallas game, was held out, and at the end of the season he was banged up. And they sat him for a couple of series and games at the back end of the season. So I'm like, look, okay, they're, they're trying to keep him healthy and give him as many touches as possible. I want you to remember Todd Gurley was an MVP candidate this year. And the year before that, he was the focal point of this offense. And that Jared Goff is still a baby, only his third year in the league. So the Rams came into the Super Bowl. And here's a fun stat I want to give you. When Gurley had 18 or more touches this year, the Rams were a perfect 9-0. In the postseason, well, it didn't go exactly that way. Uh, he had 16 touches against Dallas in a win but then 14 between the NFC Championship game and in the Super Bowl. Now, what's adding to this is what Eric Dickerson has come out and said publicly, which is he talked to Todd Gurley the night before the Super Bowl. Now, I do think Eric Dickerson is a reliable source because Eric Dickerson is a guy, love him or hate him, he's honest, and he will say what, what he knows. And he said, look, I talked to Todd before the Super Bowl. He said he was 100% healthy. And you did see when he was in the game, he didn't look terribly banged up. Now, could part of this be coming out because some people have been questioning Gurley's toughness? Maybe that's part of it, and he's trying to defend himself. But the big question is the Rams have said nothing 
and that's not helping the situation. But no one's criticizing the Rams either. I want you to think about this. If the Dallas Cowboys had made this Super Bowl, or the New Orleans Rams, I mean the New Orleans Saints, sorry, the New Orleans Saints had made this Super Bowl, and the Saints had sat Alvin Kamara, or the Cowboys sat basically Ezekiel. They each had 10 touches. We would be killing Jason Garrett. We would be killing Sean Payne. How could you not be getting arguably your best offensive player the ball more? And yet with Gurley, he only had 10 touches in the Super Bowl. And look, Jared Goff was not good in the Super Bowl. I think we're a little bit overblowing how bad he was. I think it was more on the offensive line than Goff. He had no time to throw. He was taking a beating. And to be fair, I don't think he played that badly. His receivers weren't getting open. He was getting creamed behind the line of scrimmage. So I don't think he played as bad as people are saying, but they put the game on him. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a third-year quarterback, and you have arguably an MVP candidate in your star running back, and you're barely using it. And the problem is, Gurley has said he is health. He was healthy. He's come out and said that. And the Rams haven't said, oh, you know, he was nursing an injury. He was nicked up. They, they haven't really helped the situation because they've kind of kept everyone in the dark. I want you to remember LaDainian Tomlinson, Hall of Famer, absolutely great career. One game that people often criticize, and I do not, was when he couldn't play in the New England game. Because if you remember, he had a serious leg injury, and he couldn't play in that game. But the thing that didn't help was Philip Rivers also had a major knee injury but played. But people forget Philip Rivers wasn't out there trying to cut back and hit a lane and juke, and that puts more pressure on your knees. But people question LaDainian Tomlinson's toughness, and I think people are starting to question Todd Gurley's toughness, saying, well, wait a minute, he didn't play down the stretch of the season wait a minute, he didn't play really in the NFC Championship game, and he also didn't really play in the Super Bowl. My big question is, could he potentially be in the doghouse for doing something? I don't know, but the problem is, stories come out when the media pursues them. And right now, I think the media is just talking about the Patriots, but they're not really criticizing the Rams because I don't think people want to criticize the Rams because they're the hot new thing in the NFL. They're great storylines. They have the exciting young coach, good young quarterback, and an MVP candidate at running back. But no one's questioning or really digging to see what's going on with Todd Gurley. Was he hurt? Is he in the doghouse? Did he do something in a team meeting? Because it just is strange to me that arguably – the best offensive coach we're talking about in the league potentially isn't playing his best offensive player. It's it's a real head scratch, especially when you're only scoring three points and Jared Goff isn't moving the football. It just, to me, I kept looking back at this game and my thought was, man, what is going on? Because the brief spots I saw Gurley, he looked okay. He looked, I won't say 100%, he might not be 100%, but he looked healthy enough to at least be given some carries. And the thing was, if he was healthy enough, the problem was they kept using him so sparingly that he couldn't get a rhythm going. Running back and quarterback is like a basketball player. They need to get in a rhythm. If you bring in Gurley for a carry, then he sits out, and the Rams' offense was struggling so much it would be punting. It would be almost, for him, 10, 15 yards, I mean 15 minutes between a carry. That's way too long. That is way too long. And I think we have to be more critical of Sean McVay. Because the play calling was very, very 
conservative. The Rams are known for being aggressive, for motions, for moving receivers, for jet sweeps, for innovative offense. Their offense in that game seemed kind of boring and mundane. And they put it all on Jared Goff, a third-year quarterback, instead of putting it in the arms of their superstar running back. I mean, if the Rams came out and said, look, this is the injury and we didn't want to injure it more, or we were looking out for his best interest, that's one thing. But they're not saying anything. They've really been keeping this under wraps. And it's funny because people in the media want to talk about certain things. And it's kind of like life in the sense that when you see someone that is perfect, you want to see a flaw. You want to see a flaw because then you feel better about yourself. So when the New England Patriots last year lost and Malcolm Butler was on the bench, it was easy to criticize. Oh, Bill Belichick, greatest coach ever. What is he thinking? He's sitting a great cornerback and could have potentially cost his team the Super Bowl. But Sean McVay, he's someone we like. He's like that good buddy of yours. And he made a couple of mistakes, but you're like, you know what? He's We're still young. He's got time ahead of him. He can figure it out. He'll be, he'll be fine. And, and that feels like Sean McVay. It's like, okay, Sean, you're young. It was your first trip. Okay. I just want to point this out there. They didn't just lose. They were embarrassed. That was the lowest scoring Super Bowl in history. And the second best offense in the entire NFL that averaged over 30 points a game, scored three. And they didn't even get into the red zone. They kicked a 53-yard field goal. It wasn't like they were even getting close. So when your MO is offense and you get embarrassed like that, it's one thing if this was a shootout and McVay lost his shootout, you'd be like, okay, well, his offense came to play and he played to his strength. Okay. But if you're a great defensive coach, like Belichick, last year was ugly because they gave up 41 points to a backup quarterback. People are saying, well, Bill, isn't this supposed to be your specialty? Well, he followed it up holding this offense to three points. So it's going to be interesting because I'm fascinated to see the fallout from this, and I hope we get more because was Gurley healthy? Is he healthy? Does him and McVay have a falling out? What is going on with the Rams? And because drama is good for storylines. Drama is compelling. And basically, they're in L.A. This is the center for drama. This is where Hollywood is created. I mean, we're talking about a great coach not playing his best player. It would be like a coach in the NCAA final. His number one point guard, you know, he's been a little binged up throughout the uh, NCAA tournament, but he's played spots here, spots there. Looks healthy, but he's on the bench for the majority of the game. It's like, I'm sorry, but this is the winner-take-all game. You're not living for tomorrow. You're living for today. And you're not going to try to get there with your best player and your offense is struggling? I mean, they couldn't move the football against the Patriots. It was embarrassing. And I felt bad because, if anything, this was on Goff when it was unfairly on Goff. Because Goff, they didn't run the football. They didn't give him a running game. His offensive line gave him no protection. And basically, you could hear the announcers the entire game saying, this is what the Patriots want, is wanted Goff to be a straight drop-back passer. 
he didn't roll out. He didn't move in the pocket with his feet. They didn't do roll out bootlegs to get him space. They didn't do any of that. They didn't do play action. They didn't get the running game going. It was drop back. The Patriots had coverage and a good pass rush, and they got to him. Meanwhile, arguably the best back in football, who we were considering an MVP and who won many people fantasy football leagues this entire season, is sitting on the bench. I just find it funny because everyone criticized Bill Belichick last year for not playing, I want to remind you, a good corner, but he wasn't Darrell Revis in his prime. He wasn't the number one corner in the game. We crushed him when they lost for not playing Malcolm Butler. Yet somehow Sean McVay is getting a pass for not playing arguably, not even just a top running back. Over the last two years, Gurley has arguably been one of the top 10, maybe you could make the case, top five players in the entire league. Top five certainly impactful if you're not including a quarterback. He has been fantastic the last two years for the Rams. And I'm putting this out there again. 18 touches or more this year. The Rams were 9-0. He got 14 combined touches over the last two games in the postseason. It will be interesting to see what happens now because I do think Gurley and that camp and Dickerson has let it be known that they feel he was healthy enough and ready to go. It will be interesting because this is a story I want to follow because will we ever really know? This will be could be one of the great mysteries of the NFL is why isn't he playing? It's kind of reminiscent a little bit, even though it's not the best example. It's a little apples and oranges. But one thing that comes to mind that haunted the Bills was when they decided to go with Rob Johnson in the playoff game, the famous uh, Tennessee Miracle. And basically, they sat Doug Flutie, even though Doug Flutie put them in the playoff position that year. The last game, they're like, okay, we got the playoff position. We'll rest Doug. We'll start Rob Johnson. Start Rob Johnson. They're like, oh, okay, well, we're going to start Rob Johnson in the postseason. I was like, what? He, Doug Flutie got you there. I mean, this isn't the best example, but you're in the Super Bowl. Now, if the Rams come out and say Gurley was hurt, that's one thing. But until they do, you have to criticize them because if they don't say he was hurt and Gurley says he was healthy – then what's going on because you're keeping arguably one of the best players in football on the bench in a game where your offense, the vaunted offense, scored three points. And I know the Rams, we have the perception that they're a glitz and a glam team, that they're a throw-the-ball-over-the-yard team, when in reality, they're a powerhouse football team. They want to run the football. They want to run in between the tackles. They're better when they're a smash-mouth football team with Gurley. They're a run-first team. And Gurley is exceptional in both the running game and the passing game. He's a great receiver out of the backfield. Arguably, he's one of the best targets for Goff because on screens he can get out in space, and with that size and speed, he's hard, almost impossible to tackle one-on-one in the open field. So, like I said on the Super Bowl recap podcast, I gave a lot of credit to Bill Belichick, but... It's funny because everyone's just seeming to give Sean McVay a pass. And last year, I just remember, and I was in that thinking originally, and then I really looked into it, and I was proven wrong. And I said, look, I, I don't get why you're seeing your great corner. 
But this year, no one's coming out and saying, well, why isn't Gurley playing? You're not saying he was hurt. He's saying he was healthy, but he's not playing in the Super Bowl? And there's a lot more questions than answers, and we'll make sure to bring them to you all throughout this offseason here on Rich Sports Talk. Make sure to like and subscribe for all of our latest NFL content, including NFL free agency and the draft process, which is just around the corner. But until next time, I'm Nolan Rich, and this is Rich Sports Talk.